In the 21st century, the world searches for answers to the questions that really affect our lives. Does anyone know an anagram for gonad dream? To debate the topics that really matter. Star Trek is in a good place right now. Yeah, I can't agree with you on that one. And be brave enough to state the truth. Movies just don't end that way. Three men dare to face what others fear. James. Oh yeah, I, di- I didn't need that image. Jesse. Uh, I was thinking God or dog. Joe Ash. I want Stan Lee to be the one to wield the Infinity Gauntlet and destroy Thanos. If you hunger for knowledge, if you thirst for wisdom, if you're looking for a podcast that will make all your wildest dreams come true, you've come to the wrong place. You're listening to the Anti-Matter Hour. No, no. W- w- what is what was it about Rage Against the Machine you wanted to talk about? Oh, they're they're starting they're they're embarking on a new concert tour, uh, and the internet is really really uh, stoked about how uh, Rage Against the Machine's whole thing is like uh, fight the man, fight the power, uh, you know, anti-establishment, and uh, their concert tickets start at like three hundred sixty dollars. Oof. You're saying there's hypocrisy within <laughs> the music industry? I'm saying like no, not that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that uh the uh sellout the, the the thing about calling someone a sellout like you can sell out. Like th- that is a thing. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> well, are they coming to the Portland area? I think so. I don't know where. I maybe I mean at least to the northwest, maybe not the Portland proper, but uh, probably Seattle maybe maybe Portland I don't know but uh, if they're not coming to the Moda Center where it's nice and convenient then I'm not interested I mean look three, the three oh but if they come to the Moda Center you are interested in oh, $360 yeah. to go look get, look if, if I, I bet you there's cheaper seats than that available. Their, their core audience is is like a group uh, uh, was supposed to be their core audience was a group of people who essentially wanted to tear down like the currency markets and the uh, the you know a lot so, of people so, so. who watched Dr. Robot and were <laughs> like, yeah. I want to see if, if they are coming to Portland, which who knows if they are. I want to see if, uh, you know, what, what they inspire in the Portland community. Listen, if if the playoffs for the three-on-three basketball tournament are coming to the Moto Center, I don't see how Rage Against the Machine could. Wait, three-on-three basketball tournament and Rage Against the Machine? Oh boy! Oh no, they are coming to Moto Center. Sorry. Oh, hell yeah! <laughs> when, when are they coming? February. No, I don't know. Uh, Is it tonight? Tomorrow? No, no, it's not. It's it's not for a long time. Sunday. Sunday. Quick Sunday. Day, yeah. Uh, I'll have to figure it out. I do want to know the answer to this question. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna have to figure out where their concert tour is. Uh, I, I missed I missed it when Elton John came to town, so I figure I should at least go see Rage Against the Machine. How is it that Rage Against the Machine will come to Portland, but BTS won't? What's up with that? Maybe I'm mistaken. I just got Google results, and it didn't. It might not have been representative of their tour. Uh, it's fake news. Uh, fake news. I think my hopes might have been given up for. But nothing. they are going to. Uh, um, they are going to Coachella. 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 Wait, two syllables or three syllables? Coachella. Oh, that's not how I've been pronouncing it. That's how. Oh no, April twenty fifth, Portland, Oregon, Moda Center. 
Wait a minute, April 25th? Woo! Yeah, it's your sister's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Are we recording right now? Yes. Woo! Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Oh, my good God. Well, I, I know where you're taking my sister for her birthday in April. Holy shnikes. $318 to, to $639. Wait, 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 wait. The base yeah. is $318? Yes. yes. Wow. So $318 to over $600. You'll, so so at $318, that's where you'll need your opera glasses yeah. in order to see. Apparently. Standing room only. Standing room. No, standing room on the well. Standing room's on the floor for this kind of concert. So oh, that's like a good. That's a pretty good seat. That's a that's a pretty uh, there's decent no seat. price. There's uh, yeah. four twenty two. Yeesh. Uh, they should. You know what? Look. The worst. The worst uh, side tickets are retailing for three to four hundred dollars. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I have a major problem with this pricing structure. If you're coming to Portland and you're pricing your tickets anywhere around 420, just make it 420. Why go 422? Wait, are you complaining just that the cheap seats are too cheap? No, I'm complaining that the standing room only seats are not themed to one of the only states in the United States that allows for legal smoking and possession of marijuana. But he he said they were 300 or something, right? No. Standing room only seats are $422. Oh. And you're telling me that you couldn't just say, you know what? Just make it 420 Well, is this through Ticketmaster? Because um, you know you're paying like an extra 75% just for Ticketmaster. No. no yeah, but they, they're, but the they, only, they're, they're the only retailer. That's where you, the original. The, what what about origin- StubHub? StubHub is a retailer. Yeah, but, no, but, but their originator, the originator of the tickets is Ticketmaster. Anyone who has a StubHub ticket got a ticket through Ticketmaster and is selling it again. And hey. on top of that, if you're buying it through one of those places, they're not going to tack that that convenience fee on until after you purchase the tickets. You pay retail then you pay whatever convenience right. fee is based off of that, and then your total is right. So let me higher. let me let me give you a better idea. So the three twenty six, the cheapest ticket available, three twenty six. If I order that one seat, I'm checking out now. I'm not buying. I'm just going through the checkout process. Sit tight. We're securing your verified tickets. Ooh, those are better than normal tickets. These are verified tickets. Oh, do I want twenty dollars to add twenty dollars for garage parking? No. Of course you do. No. I, oh, but my suddenly my three hundred and twenty-six dollar ticket has gone up to three hundred and eighty-three dollars because geez. of a forty-nine dollar service fee. Yep. See, there you go. A three dollar facility charge and a five dollar order processing fee. <laughs> it's worse than a bank. Look, in, th- in this day and age. You don't process stuff on the internet without incurring incurring a huge fee. You gotta pass that on to the consumer. You have you have any idea how many monkeys it takes to process one of these electronic tickets? The, the thing I'm, so many monkeys. The thing I'm wondering about is for our Trailblazers season tickets, we're supposed to receive right of fus- first right of first refusal on any event that comes to the Moda Center. Um, and I haven't got an email about this one yet, so I'm gonna send them an email and find out if I have. A, right of first refusal and can buy tickets to this because uh, typically they're not like discounted tickets, but they're like, they're like the premium tickets that somebody might want. Minus the $49 convenience fee. <laughs> yeah. So like, well, here, let me, uh, I'll, I'll pull up some of my first, uh, 
recent right of first refusals. Uh, uh, yesterday they sent me right of first refusal for UFC Fight Night. Uh, Wait a minute, what? I don't know who this is, but Nick Cave in the Bad Seeds. Eh? Anyone? Wait, is this a Fight Night? No, no that's a no. separate event. That's okay. two separate events. And a third event, Def Leppard with ZZ Top. Oh, what? Did, wait, does this already happen? No, they're coming up. I have, One, I have the ability. Oh to hell order yeah! Time. Prince is here before <laughs> you. That's what I said. That was now. just yesterday. Uh, the day uh, Wednesday, they sent me Melanie Martina. I don't know who that is. Wait, oh, wait uh, let's go back to the ZZ Top thing. When is this happening? That's in October twentieth. I'm sorry. Out of Oct- that, no. you got ZZ Top. I got Def Leppard. Yeah, man. I, I thought. Actually, to me, both are about equally. Uh, ZZ Top. I mean, they did the music for Back to the Future Part Three. I do like I do like I've ZZ. been bad. I do I've like I've been good. I do like ZZ Top's kind of musical uh, sort of what do you call it? Just their sort of theme or or oh yeah, their their throughput. Lo- I mean, look if you're looking for a good driving song, yeah, <laughs> like especially along like any kind of country road oh, or something yeah. like that. Roll that window down. Absolutely, little ZZ Top. Throw the arm over the seat. Absolutely. Bob the head. Yep. But that's not until October? October 17th, sorry. October 17th, 7 p.m. Moto Center. But Rage Against the Machine is in April? No, it's October 25th. Oh, um, oh uh, uh, no, it's yeah, April 25th. Oh, it's April 25th. I'm sorry. Yeah, but yeah. I also have... Uh, Wait a minute. You're coming to Portland and you couldn't book so, it on April 20th? So these... So these uh, <sighs> These you're just obsessed with the 420 thing. So Look, these... I'm just saying, if you're if you're going anti-establishment, I mean, uh, with Rage Against the Machine, I would assume that they want that well, they theme to be, to be somewhere pervasive. else. They're probably somewhere else that day, but um, sellouts. So the right of first refusal, <laughs> uh, our right of first refusal for tickets, it they give you like, they give us like a week warning before they go on to public for sale. So I also have expired uh, offers for. Justin Bieber, James Taylor, and Marco Antonio Solis. Meh. And <gasps> Jim Gaffigan, one of my favorite comedians. Oh, my gosh. I would actually really like to see a Jim Gaffigan show. Wait, they have they have stand-up comedians at the Moda Center? Oh, all the time. Yeah, like yeah. Joe Coy uh, has been to the Moda Center, one of my favorites, Joe Coy. When is Jim Gaffigan coming? Uh, September 18th. September 18th. I I would honestly consider purchasing tickets to that. He is he's one of my I've favorites. I've also recently had opportunities to buy Bon Jovi, Alicia Keys, Steely Dan. Uh Steely Dan is here uh June second, uh Hall and Oates, June third. <gasps> and Bon Jovi June eleventh. Talk about a week of concerts. Wait, is Bon Jovi just by himself on yeah. June eleventh? Yeah. Uh, oh no, he he's bringing Brian Adams with him. <laughs> Brian Adams, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Look, in all seriousness, that sounds pretty awesome. I yeah, know it does. Doesn't it? Bon Jovi and Brian Adams, I would kind of consider. You know my hell now because I get these emails. So every single event that comes to the Motor Center, I mean, it's a major concert arena. So they don't they don't book like Joe Schmo doesn't come to the Motor Center. What what I'm wondering is why you mentioned all these uh, performers in like reverse chronological order. You start with October. Well, it's when they it's when the concerts are established, and they don't necessarily establish them all like in a 
strictly linear like fashion. Some so, of them, some of them may have dates that or go stretch out months or, out. Yeah. yeah, and some of them might be set up like, oh, we're starting a new concert tour. When's the date available? And then they book it for two weeks or six weeks from now or eight weeks from now. They could be doing their 2020 concert tour, and their first stop is Portland, as opposed to their last stop, which may be on the East Coast somewhere. Well, all I know is that Weird Al Yankovic is not doing a tour this year. And so uh, I'm open for... So that means you will not be going to any concerts this year. Well, I've never been to a concert <laughs> that wasn't a Weird Al concert. Uh, and it, it, we were pretty close to like trying to go to that one concert that oh, was like uh, Backstreet Boys, Kids on the Block. New Kids and, on the yeah. block and well, I think we talked about it on the podcast, um, but it's one thing to talk about that on a podcast after having a few beers. <laughs> and then when the uh, tickets open up for sale, we all, we all like look at the tickets and we're like, yeah, I might do that. I might do it. And then wake up the next day and it's like, what? So, um, I did, I, I don't know that I fully intended for that discussion to go as far as it did down the, uh, the concert tours coming through Portland, uh, um, sort of thing. But, I, I just thought it was kind of an, I- interesting the Rage Against the Machine thing and how uh, it's there's there's a big movement like if you know people are buying the tickets uh, because yeah, they make gr- they were awesome music I mean the music was awesome but also the whole kind of fight the power kind of thing right. is is kind of out the window at this point <laughs> <laughs> fight the power. We also selling merch in the it, Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, pick up your $42 t-shirts uh, and your right. $37 baseball caps in the lobby. Siri, remind me of Jim Gaffigan this September. Siri. Siri. Come on Siri, don't let me down. Hello Siri. Uh, you have to say hey Siri. Hey Siri. Remind me of Jim Gaffigan in September. You know that's going to be midnight on September first. Jim right? Jim Gaffigan is a boss. <sighs> He's funny. He has some great Netflix specials. He I does. Mean, I don't know. I don't know any of his jokes. I mean, to be honest, I I couldn't tell you one of his jokes, but it's his manner. Like so many comedians, it's about the pace and the delivery and and just the sort of physicality, like the sound coming out of their. Vo- out of their ma- like you know out of their voice in their right. mouth and couple it with their appearance and body language and it, it's funny i mean he is funny he is I, I i feel like it's it's more just along the lines of you know like he he voices a lot of internal thoughts that i have and then i think it's funny how he will assume what the audience is thinking and then he will repeat it in the, in his you know in his audience voice like why would he say that? Yeah, yeah, that he, yeah, thing. yeah. His voice, he has a uh, sort of a the whiny inner monologue, yes. like uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's funny. Uh, Everyone's it's funny. mom's voice inner monologue kind of thing. Yeah. Where was I? I'm trying to think of where I was uh, recently, and we were talking about uh, Joe Coy, who's another comedian that I. We positively were ju- i think we were just talking about it well like we did just coming yeah we did talk i did mention him a couple minutes ago but somewhere maybe i was doing uber or maybe i was in a store somewhere i was in a store so I, I wish i could remember it was a different timeline yeah 
Well, recently uh, we had a somewhere I was at. It, it was definitely a story. I just wish I could remember where. But we had this discussion about how uh, um, if you were of a certain socioeconomic class coming up, like when we were around our age in the 80s and 90s, then your mom or grandma saved any... Oh, so we were talking... Somewhere, wherever I was, we were talking about glass bottles in plastic containers... And whatever, like, if your mom made soup, it went to school with you or to work with you in a Cool Whip container. <laughs> because you could not throw away, nobody, like, in our family, once the Cool Whip was gone, it went to the sink, it got a hot rinse, it went into the dishwasher, the paint faded, and then the Cool Whip container went into this cupboard and that's where all of the durable containers and durable goods went for future reuse to hold soup or macaroni and cheese or baked beans. or. This is back in the day when nobody would throw away plastic. Right. Because it was so new and special. Well, it wasn't even It was just, a container. It had it, a use. It had yeah. a value. I mean, you're, you're talking about, you're, you're talking about a, uh, there, there's, you know, after, after, during, the great depression there was no like food is spoiled or containers go bad you don't throw anything out and so the generation after that had plastic and that was kind of the same thing it's like why waste this perfectly reusable container you don't want to spend money on something else that kind of thing like i my uh my grandmother because i i was uh when i when I was born, my parents were older, like a generation older than everyone else's parents. So my grandmother, she, like, if I had a tuna sandwich at my grandmother's house, it was homemade bread, a tuna fillet that she had purchased, filleted, and preserved herself with homemade mayonnaise. <laughs> so it was like, there were, you know, cause that's the, that's the generation that she grew up in is everything was scratch. Cause you couldn't just go to the store and buy it sort of thing. So. Yeah. So the, the, the connection that Joe Corey was, that was one of his bits is about his, uh, his, uh, not, it's not Korean. What is their, uh, Filipino? Yeah. Filipino, like grandma or Filipino ma, like everything is, you know, nothing is thrown away. It's all, saved for whatever like value or if it, if it can be used it's saved like it doesn't matter right it's interesting question i mean at what point did plastic become a thing that was new and exciting and you know really good at preserving food and whatnot to uh a disposable packaging material I think probably around the time that it became something that was new was around the early to mid 40s um because that's when uh that's kind of around the time that plastic not when plastic was invented but when it became kind of mass produced. Well plastic was first used in like medical uses and probably military uses at first, right? And then as as the manufacturing became easier and cheaper, it entered more into the mainstream. Yeah. And then once that reached a certain point, it became less of a novelty and more of a 
just a commonality. Well, you remember the movie? I don't know how anyone's seen um, the oh gosh, the the freshman, the movie, the freshman. Not the graduate or the graduate. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's the graduate, and someone comes up to. Um, oh, for crying out loud! It's uh, not Al Pacino. It's hold on, the guy who Hoffman. Played, Dustin, yes, yeah, Dustin, Dustin Hoffman. Hoffman. Dustin yeah. Hoffman. Someone comes up to Dustin Hoffman and says, "I got one word for you, kid: plastics." Because that was he was you know some guy in finance that was basically saying, hey the next big thing is the next big thing is gonna be plastics. So oh yeah yeah, can I play you uh, a brief clip from uh, Joe Coy who we were just talking about? You can try. Go for it. Let me see if I can get the. Uh, is there a commercial that's gonna come first? I don't know. I don't really know why uh, how to get the. Uh, the little play button back from YouTube. You're scared to go home because your mom yelled it. That's all my mom did was yell at this me. This guy's a. Uh, That's um, the only language my mom spoke was yell. Filipino. Huh? He has that body what? language. Say it again. Say it again. And he brings say in the again. racial kind of cultural again? humor. What did you say? Turn around. Turn around, <laughs> Lots of physical comedy. That's the only language my mom talked. You yell. bring. When? When did you do it? Jokes Where? from your family background. You huh? Yeah. What? Did you lose your lunchbox? I remember <laughs> when I lost my lunchbox one time. Holy shit. Tupperware coming <laughs> up. That's how my mom disciplined. Through th- she never, like, physically touched you. She, she, she verbally attacked you. That's when she went after you. She'd break you down in words. <laughs> Interrogation. Two and a half hours this of is, yelling. This is our childhood. What? Yeah. Where, where's your lunchbox, Joseph? Where did you put it? I, I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? You can just hear the uh, the cowering. I thought we might get to the Cool Whip container, but that's... It's so funny, though, because his, his reaction, like the, uh, uh, I, I don't know. It's like, I don't know how many times you don't I've disa- said that same thing. You don't want to disappoint your mom or your grandma <laughs> if they're a disciplinarian. Like, so many moms and grandmas were disciplinarians in, yep. in, in that time. Yep. I don't know. When I was a kid, I was a perfect kid, and I never, I never tested the boundaries. That's fake news. Fake <laughs> news. <clears throat> was that uh, the Principal Skinner uh, voice, or wait, no, no, not the Principal Skinner voice, uh, the the politician voice from Simpsons? No, if you're talking Mayor about Quimby. When- yeah, yeah. I, I can't do. No, uh, no. it was like that. Fake news. You said how you said that sounded like. Well, the, I was trying to do. I mean, that's that's the best I can do as far as Donald Trump is concerned. If it was oh. Mayor baby, fake news, fake news. Oh, yeah. you, you gotta, you gotta, you, you gotta speak a little bit longer than that. You gotta fake, fake news, news, fake news. Basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. And and when you say China, it's not China. It's China. 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 Every once in a while, you just have to completely abandon. China. Uh, abandon a sentence. How's then, your How's your four hundred one k doing? Then I went to the <laughs> China. Oh, and at any time, at any time, the topic of conversation isn't focused on yourself. You have to redirect it back. Right. Exactly. The apples, the Googles, the Microsofts. They hate me. They hate me, but they're stuck. Their 401k, their stock market, their Dow Jones. 
<laughs> and, and whatever it is, it's like it's the biggest, it's the best, it's the most impressive. Everyone loves my stock market. We don't normally talk about politics on this uh, podcast because it's a joke. I, Look, I, I, no, 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 I'm just. Uh, we, we we don't normally talk about it, but is there room to talk about politics on this? Do you think? Well, there, I mean, there's there's definitely room. Uh, I don't think there's room to really uh, necessarily put a foot down. Uh, and uh, but, I, but I, yeah, I don't I don't think this is necessarily like a this is who we think should sort of thing. But I think it's okay. I think it's pretty universal that regardless of what your political affiliation is, you I mean. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> I don't yeah. know about universal, you can, but you can be against certain things and against certain uh, ideas, but also uh, in favor of uh, making boat piles of money in the stock market. <laughs> you know, I, I'm actually pretty interested in that. I, I, I keep thinking I should probably get started doing that one of these days. Oh, yeah. Uh, Specifically boat piles. Sh- should have got started about six 20, years ago. 20 years ago. Oh, <laughs> I was too busy wasting my money on Wait, 20 years ago? Like video games and uh, trips to New Zealand? I'll tell, you, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a story. That was less than 20 years I'll ago. Tell a, oh, I'll tell sorry. you a story I haven't told anyone else. Uh, and it's not, it's not, it's neither here nor there. But Is uh, this just between us? Yes. Okay. Uh, not for anyone who's listening. Right, uh, right. Uh, okay. But can I listen to this? So everyone else yes. that's listening, just go ahead and, and Fast mute forward right now. two minutes. Right, uh, exactly. <laughs> when I so, put my hand down, you can start listening again. So... Uh, probably 12 or I don't know some number of years ago I divested uh, from a 401k and rolled into an I, uh, IRA and and uh, went with some fairly conservative investments because I wasn't planning to like actively manage anything and uh, uh, apparently after I did that that was when I left a former employer and after I did that I guess my salary or compensation or something there was one final payment that hit my old account after i deleted everything else and that was like i don't know it was like 300 or 600 dollars or something like that and i didn't know it existed and uh it's out there for like five or six years and in five or six years uh it was all invested in the former company's stock which was performing pretty well but not completely outperforming the market but this modest amount it was it was definitely it was in the $500 give or take range but in this 5 or 6 years it had more than tripled uh it became over $2000 and i just happened to find it they sent me an email or a, or something in the actual paper mail that said that the account was going to be closed out and if i didn't because i wasn't eligible for the account anymore not being in the former employer and the money was going to be put into some sort of escrow or, or like, you know, I had to claim it or it was going to be gone. And, and I somehow came across this and thought, well, oh my gosh, I didn't even know it was there. And it was kind of a nice surprise, but, uh, yeah, the stock market from, I don't know, mid Obama through current has been absolutely just, uh, I mean, if somebody decided they wanted to, even if somebody who made a modest sort of amount of money decided they wanted to live like a hermit and put all of their money into the stock market, I mean, that person would probably be able to retire today. But you, you just described a scenario where you accidentally played the stock market. Yeah. I mean, have any of us intentionally played the stock market? I would just like to say, if I can, 
divesting from my 401k and rolling into an IRA sounds like something that a politician would write in their checkbook for something that was completely different than what it actually sounds like. <laughs> well, I bet billionaires like Bezos uh, have a completely different kind of K. He's rolled into his 401k a few times, if you know what I mean. Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I don't think any of us are uh, claiming to be financial geniuses, but uh, anyone who was somewhat invested and sort of just left your money alone to do what it was going to do has done really, really, really well over the past like 10 to 12 years. So in a past lifetime, I was a financial advisor for several years and was licensed to sell mutual funds, stocks, things of that nature. So I have a minimal amount of expertise in this particular field. And you touch on something that's very interesting in the sense that for those people that actively play the stock market but do not uh, have any education with how the stock market works, typically would do something like this. You see a stock that's going oh, – so as an example, right now Tesla has been on a very high upward swing, uh, you know, like in the tens of percentiles if not higher uh, over the last couple months. So someone looks at that and says, ooh, that's, that's the stock I want to buy. So they buy Tesla. Then Tesla starts to go down a little bit over the next month or so, maybe 10%, something along those lines. And they see that and they say, ooh, ooh that's not good. I don't want that to happen because it's going down. So I'm going to sell that. I'm going to put it in something else that's going up. And what they've essentially done is the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They bought high and they sold low. Whereas <clears throat> what what you did accidentally was you did the right thing. You put money in a stock that was, I'm sure whatever company you were working at was maybe not blue chip, quote unquote, but a fairly stable company that what that stayed in business during that period of time, which meant that in some form or fashion, they had to show a profit, which would please the stockholders, which would gain some growth over that period of time and so that's typically what you're supposed to do is to you know yeah, yeah. yes in fact if if i had i've i've done i've run the numbers a couple of times in fact uh uh whenever that happened to be which was i think six years ago now or five years ago now when i pulled the money out finally if i had simply put that money and reinvested it into a directly back into that individual stock it would have probably tripled by now again yeah i mean that's <laughs> the, that so you, <laughs> yeah you never know what's going well you never know what's going to happen and you can't right. look back and shoot yourself but uh yeah the uh i guess the point i was trying to make was the uh i mean whether you're in individual stocks or index funds or um uh commodities yeah i mean commodities tend to be more defensive like uh more stable investments um, but what, whatever sort of you've been into, you know, the market's been red hot for a record number of like, it's been red hot since, like I said, since mid Obama. Yeah. Um, and we're in our long, I mean, I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not an expert on this, but we're literally in the longest bull market our financial systems ever seen, uh, 
It's been like a 10 or 12 year bull market. So brace yourselves. <laughs> yeah, and and like you said, buying high and selling low is dumb. Uh, playing the long game tends to be smarter. Yeah, uh, because you can you can lose money over a short period of time, but as long as you're still contributing, or uh, you know, and you know, some of that money is coming in when the market's low, and then it has a chance to grow. Yeah. Um, well, and a lot of it depends on how long do you have until you feel like you need to start taking money out of the market right because the longer you have the longer you can weather those kind of storms and so when the stock market is low that may be when you want to start really buying into yes. certain stocks and holding on to it for 20 years and letting it and, and, letting and, it grow. and no investor would ever uh, tell you to put all of your money into one uh one commodity or one right. stock or even one sector uh i mean even even for a young and you know, aggressive investor who can sustain losses, uh, any, you know, responsible advisor is going to say, you know, put 80% of your money into stocks and put 10% into bonds and 10% into, uh, you know, commodities or, or cash or whatever, yeah, and currency or whatever, because then you have uh, a fallback position. Yeah. Uh, but and, and then as you get older, that starts re, to reverse. Yeah, reallocate. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I mean... Yeah, it all. It, a lot of it is like you know. For instance, I've had I've had money in Bitcoin now for about a year or so, and it's gone up and down. But I haven't touched it primarily yeah. because the overall trend is the overall. I mean, the overall trend is going to be up. Bitcoin, I feel, is something that is going to start to stabilize and start to to go up as as people get their heads wrapped around yeah, that it's still, whole industry. It's still a, a young currency, and yeah. it's going to become uh, a more popular currency over time. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so this has been your free uh, financial advice. Uh, don't, 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 <laughs> none of our, we're, none of us are licensed, none of us no. are uh, nope. accredited, and we're not a financial institution. And uh, uh, did we mention any stocks that you own or I own? Uh uh, uh I, I don't mean, think so bitcoin uh, was i the think the only thing. stock we mentioned was uh tesla uh and, did and I, mention, I don't own that did i mention a stock uh did i own nope okay so i think we're covered yeah uh, if you you're not allowed if you're on the uh air or publication uh apparently you're not allowed to mention uh to promote a stock that you own without mentioning that you own it um, what about that loud guy that has that's that Jim Cramer, and, Jim he, Kramer, and if yeah. he mentions oh. a stock that he owns, he has to say that he owns it on the air, and he does that. And he doesn't actually own individual stocks. His charitable trust owns individual stocks. What for? Like an offshore bank account in the Cayman Islands, or he something? owns. He, I guess, <laughs> I, I think his. I think for his own holdings, I think he limits it to indexed funds. That makes sense. Uh, but for but he owns. He has a charitable trust, which. Uh, so Jim Cramer, uh, I listened to the uh, CNBC. Uh, What's it called? Mad Money. Oh, uh, okay. So he has a Mad Money show. And it's also a podcast. This show is literally the audio is just ripped from the show. And same with uh, the they have basically all of CNBC's market coverage is is just the audio can be just ripped to straight to podcast. And I listened to a couple of their shows during the day. Uh, Mad Money. It's it's actually a fun show to listen to or watch. He does interviews with CEOs and he gives stock tips and um, you know at, and it tells people if their investment mix is like balanced or you know um, 
but he's a funny guy and he's got a great personality. Uh, he can if you if you don't like uh, boisterous and uh, loud and in your face kind of like he could probably grate you the wrong you know wrong way. Um, if you want your financial advice with some entertainment, yeah. Associated with it, I think that's what. If you want to make some serious investment decisions with uh, an air of circus atmosphere, then yeah, Jim Cramer is the way to go. But what what he uh, boasts is he was a hedge fund investor uh, manager in the nineties. Uh, I think probably somewhere around the dot com boom, uh, and uh, maybe just after the dot com bust, maybe right after the bust. His hedge fund, uh, for I think he was for Goldman Sachs. He managed a hedge fund, and it uh, outperformed the market like I don't know seven or ten straight years or something like that. And that must have been one of the only ones in Goldman Sachs that outperformed. The market. It wasn't during the it wasn't during the financial crisis. It was more during the dot com bubble, which oh, is different. Oh, like the dot com bubble uh, versus the housing aughts. crisis. Early aughts, right? Okay. So gotcha. I don't I don't know the exact years, but he, he was he gained. Like significant notoriety for uh, because it was not only because a lot of hedge fund a lot of funds like temporarily or for a period of few years out fund outperform because the managers have some insight and some uh, they're just good at picking stocks and good at picking uh, you know investments but as a hedge fund gains in popularity so does the amount of money flowing into it. Right. So so it gets so big that you can't your hedge fund can't continue to perform really well because there's not enough really hot stocks to buy to to support it. Enough people start buying it that it the value do, starts to get higher right. than what it actually is. Yeah, and it what it does is it dilutes like cuz if if somebody has a billion dollars to invest, you can go, "Oh, I'm going to put a billion dollars into Apple and Apple can gain a lot of money really quickly." And then, but if somebody says, I'm going to put a hundred billion dollars into a hedge fund, a hundred billion dollars, you can't put it all into Apple because there's not that much Apple to buy. Right. So you have to find other invest. So once you get your hedge fund gets really big, it's harder to maintain those gains. Well, his hedge fund got huge and he still found like really good investments and made a huge return for his investors. So that's, uh, I mean, He's kind of just known as like a really good stock picker, is what he is. But um, with a soundboard, yes. Uh, and then he went to uh, he got out of like I guess he probably, you know, he probably has more money. I don't know how much money he has. He, he's not. I mean, I don't think he's a billionaire because uh, as the manager of a hedge fund, like you earn a salary and maybe a, a small percentage, but most of the money goes back to the investors. At, at some point, he got bored simply telling people what they should do with their. Uh, investments and decided that uh he should tell people what to do with their investments accompanied with a fart sound effect yeah but well, I, I he mean, has look, plenty look, of money though i mean look i'm not gonna fault him for the way that he delivers his message because bye, 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 bye. <laughs> you can you can um the house of pain there's 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 only so many people that are going to watch a show about investments the house of pleasure so if you wanted to so if you're looking to maximize your audience you are going to want to include some fart noises i mean let's be honest back the truck up beep 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 
Beep. I just remember him from Iron Man, where he smashes that mug with a baseball bat. Oh, yeah, when Tony Stark gets out of the weapons industry. You're a weapons manufacturer that's not manufacturing weapons? <laughs> that's funny. Anyway, so I don't I don't even know how we got onto that subject, but apparently in the MCU, uh trusting uh what's his first name? Jim. Jim Kramer, Jim Kramer. uh would have been a bad choice because if you were invested in the Stark Industries prior went, oh, prior to Iron through Man the roof. it would have been it right. would have been even through the roof after Iron Man. <laughs> Renewable energy, what? With arc reactor? <laughs> so basically what we're saying is if a comic book like event happens in the real world, don't uh, listen. Well, I think Elon Musk is I mean Tesla, you just mentioned earlier, Elon Musk is the closest thing to a Tony Stark. Uh, How many people have lost their shorts shorting on Tesla stock? Well, yeah, I think that's that's what. So this is a bit of a technical thing, but I think that's what people are saying. The 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 smart people are saying that's what's caused the stock to go up so much is uh, short positions having to get filled. So people are betting. People are at some point were buying contracts. One of the one of the ways that financial instruments are sort of invested in is you can buy essentially you can gamble the stocks going up or down, right? And it's a you you buy an option, and if your option is that the stock's going down, you need to go down. Uh, you have an option to buy the stock at a lower like price it's than like, it currently I'll buy sits this, at. I'll buy the stock at twenty dollars less than what it's at right now. Right. Uh, so apparently a lot of people were shorting Tesla, betting that it was going to go down. And so they had these contracts where they had to fill these contracts and buy 100 shares of stock for each contract. And they were betting it was going down. But guess what happens? It went up huge. <laughs> well, on top of that, I mean, if, if you know, 100 million people buy a stock, what's going to happen to the stock? It's going to go up in price. Yeah. So everyone was betting it was going down. They had to, they had to buy it at a higher price. And sell it at a lower price to fill their contract, and that's what was driving the stock price to go up so much. I mean, I I think that's certainly part of it. It doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't hamper things that you've built a gigafactory in China and are already starting to produce yeah. massive amounts of electronic vehicles in the largest electronic vehicle market in the world, or that yeah. you own a space based uh, company that has launched its what fourth or fifth. Uh, I think it's called Starlink right. satellite launch for a global internet system. That's a different part. That's that a di- that's not that's, exactly Tesla. Yeah, that's separate because uh, SpaceX is is solely owned by Elon Musk, whereas Tesla is public, a public yeah. company where he's the CEO. And don't they have a? Do they have more company? The Boring Company isn't the Boring Company a separate company also? It is. Yeah. And what about the solar? Is the solar part of Tesla? No, t- the the solar part of Tesla is a part of Tesla. Okay. So, because I knew they had several different companies, I just didn't know how many. And the Boring Company itself is already making headlines. I they, think they they I think just completed a one mile stretch of underground oh yeah, in, in, in Las Nevada. Vegas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they might. I don't know this for a fact, but I think it would behoove Tesla, Elon Musk, the shareholders, everyone, to spin off the like the house battery and solar company from Tesla. I don't know because well, anything power related seems Tesla appropriate. Possibly, except True, but that Tesla. I mean, they're saying Tesla's a technology company, but I think once they're established. With the gigafactories like in Germany, 
China and the United States, they could just be a standalone car company. But they should be a standalone battery company more than a car company. I and think. that's and that's, that's what I'm saying. They should spin up. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I I think that's what's going to happen. Is that I mean Tesla. Tesla in and of itself, it is a success right now. I don't know how long it'll be a success at manufacturing cars necessarily, because I feel like they've already done what Elon Musk was setting out to do, which was or initially was setting out to do, which is to prove the viability of the electronic car market in the world, let alone the United States. I mean, other, I mean, now you've got every company coming out with an electronic vehicle. And I think it's my, my hope is that it's going to continue to drive the price down, but battery day is coming up pretty soon. I don't know exactly when it is. I, I can look it up, but there's, there's going to be a large announcement concerning batteries from Tesla. Hmm. And it could have something to do with uh, a, reno, uh, a a revolution in battery technology from... Oh, now I'm going to have to... Well, lithium-ion is what they are... Well, lithium-ion now, but the guy who invented lithium-ion batteries actually came up with a theoretical... It's like an oxygen-based thing, isn't it? Yeah. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it essentially... it it, it It's a, a much longer-lasting uh, battery as far as the number of times that can be recharged. And I think that's where the real money is for Tesla is the batteries rather than the cars. But Tesla is is is, is positioned really nicely because they started this whole well it feels like they started this whole car revolution thing uh, for the electronic slash self-driving cars. And there's they seem to be doing a good job of perpetuating it and pushing it into the next logical step, which is the commercial side, which is the self-driving semi-trucks sort of thing. I think that the truck industry is perhaps even more lucrative than the commercial, than the, um, sorry, uh, than the, um, the, uh, individual, um, uh, the, you know, it, like cars versus trucks. Uh, I mean, how many companies would love to have a fleet of trucks that basically drove themselves? Uh, and, and, and only needed electricity as fuel. Um, I, mean, I still think that's a ways away, but I think the key driver of that is the battery r rather than the AI. I think the AI needs to be developed uh, you know, for the self-driving cars, but it's true. ultimately that's it's true. the battery for the number of miles between charges a car can get or a right. truck can get. And I think once that reaches a certain threshold, I don't know what that number is. Is it 500 miles? Is it 1,000? Well, I think, the, I think so the cost of battery has to come down to the cost of a small engine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The, the, the cost of manufacturing the battery has to go down. The cost of buying the batteries has to go down. The cost of charging the battery has to go down. Well, was it, I mean, it, it was interesting because uh, a friend of mine who has relatives that are affluent um, who owned a Tesla was saying, well, my Tesla is what four years old which means i need to buy a new one and right. he was like why do you need to buy a new one well the battery's going to run out pretty soon and replacing the battery is thirty thousand dollars so i might as well buy a new one because it's going to be just as cheap and or it's going to be more cost effective and according to research none of that is true because the way right. that tesla has been cooling their batteries uh within well, the battery have like a closer to ten year life, right? Yeah, exactly. Because after, 
even after 10 years it still you, has some of its capacity you'll lose left. you'll lose what up to 60 per, you'll ha- still have 60% of its capacity right so you're looking at you know uh, at you know a, a several hundred thousand mile battery at that point and what tesla is what what people are speculating that tesla is going to be introducing coming up in battery day is a 1 million mile battery it's interesting right. i always thought that the biggest number uh, for selling electric cars was the number of miles between charges. That, that's a key metric. I mean, you're not going to sell any car that doesn't have uh, X amount of miles. I mean, yeah. I get that the total lifetime miles of a battery is important, but to the average consumer, they, they're more concerned. Uh, I mean, I speak I speak for myself here because, I mean, if I wanted an electric car, I'd be more concerned about how long will it last between charges. I mean, it, it, it's even more than that. It's not even just how long will it last between charges, but how fast will, how it, charge? fast will it charge? Because w- the other thing that Tesla's been doing is installing this kind of nationwide grid of fast chargers, chargers that are going up to over 200, I think it's 200 kilowatts per hour in, in a, charging. In a, they're the best standard that's out there, but they're also not still not as good as like refueling at the pump. Like. True. Yeah, they're not even close. And until you can buy, until such time as you can buy an electric car, and expect to be able to charge it anywhere you go, it's not going to be as desirable as a. But they I mean, are uh, making it, pretty good strides. It, it de- sure, it sure, de- sure. It depends. Incremental. It depends because if the if the majority of your driving is done within city limits, or even within a hundred miles of where you live. Tesla is definitely the way to go because you're getting 300 miles per charge. You're not having to go to the gas station. You're going to be back at home and able to plug your charger in. At the end of that day. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. If you're going over that, then you can, I mean, it might be better to get a gas-powered vehicle, but it it depends on, you know, are you, because you can wait 15 to 20 minutes at a supercharging station for Tesla and get 50 to 60% of your battery capacity within that period of right. time, which is a fairly decent amount. So, But some of those supercharging stations only have like a, a small number of actual spaces available, and sometimes they're all taken when you get there. because Buy a big gas-hogging SUV. Sure. Right. Like uh, sometimes the charging stations are just like a couple of eco spots at a traditional parking lot. And some like RV or SUV or whatever is just occupying that space or some other person with an electric vehicle is parked there and basically just left it overnight or something. It's I mean, look, it's not a it's not a perfect system as of yet, but I feel like there is forward momentum. Oh, definitely. So in that that area. So something I want to see, uh, I've heard a smart uh I don't know that it, I don't know who came up with the idea or how far along the idea is, but you mentioned about how after X number of years, maybe it's ten years or maybe it's somewhere between six to fourteen years. Who knows? Uh, a battery loses a certain percentage of its capacity and ability to recharge quickly and hold a charge, but it doesn't lose all of it. It's it's just degraded to some point. So. If you have a Tesla, the battery's only worth 50% and you want to get a new battery because your car still is in good shape, you get a new battery, and your old battery goes to a 
um, a renewable farm. Well, it's it's actually batteries. I mean, it's like you're you're right. They're all cells, but your right. old it's battery, like a couple hundred pounds of batteries. Yeah, so they ship it off to a renewables farm, like a solar farm or a wind farm or a wave farm or something like that, where energy is generated during the day at the solar farm, or it's generated at night during the wind farm, or it's generated at some particular time when it it might not all be used up, and there's excess energy being generated so the old batteries they create a because they're dirty they're made out of nasty chemicals that can't you know be released in the environment so you build you know you build like a concrete center you know whatever cement center blocks or whatever it is bunker and create a repository of these old batteries and they get built into a essentially just one big battery right that the renewable source can store the energy in until the time when the renewable, like the wind shuts off or the sun shuts off, and then the battery turns on. The end times. Right. So, so it's <laughs> essentially it's essentially it's a, a like it's current technology. So it's not future tech. What you want is future tech where right. this renewable energy can be stored in like a, a cube the size of your a ham or a gallon of milk or something like that. Or somehow can be stored without any chemical. I like how you immediately like, went to a ham. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> but so so that's ham. the problem. That's the problem with renewables is is they sometimes solar turns off at night right. and wind shuts off at a certain time, and you have to have a stable level. So if if there's excess being generated, you have to store it, and if there's a deficient deficiency, you have to supplement it. So. What you need is one temporary and 2020 solution right. is a big battery. Well, we don't have a big battery just laying around to store enough power to power a city because that w- that's like a massive amount of battery. But if you collect everybody's old cast-off batteries that don't work well enough to power a car... Yeah. Or well enough to power your cell phone or whatever it is. I mean, cell phone's a small example, but car batteries are big examples. If you collect 1,000 or 10,000 or 100,000 car batteries that are only working at 50% and hook them all into a grid, then your renewable source can have a huge battery. That's not being used unless it needs to right. be. Right, and it's not going... So, so it's, it's not... It's, it's, not it's essentially it's recycling your it's car not, battery. It's not losing that charge because it's not constantly being used and then recharged right. and well, used. Well, and it will be, but it, but it will be... Instead of, you know, a car battery is degraded 50% over 10 years. Right. Well, for 10 more years, it can get another use out of it for another 50%. Right. right? Uh, that's just an idea because... Uh, because there's these anti, like, oh, you know, lithium-ion batteries are bad for the environment. They're bad for this or bad for that. Well, we're in a period of time where we're transitioning from fossil fuels, which are demonstrably bad for the environment, to something else. Where we're in a phase right now where renewable energy is less bad for the environment, but we're also using these batteries for cars which are less bad for the environment, but they also do have the negative side of being, you know, they, they're less bad, but they also do have, you know, their bad parts. Like, yeah, I, 
I so don't know. as long as There's we're using, you know, they have some bad parts, we might as well extract the maximum good out of it. I, I feel like I feel like there's so much. There's too much expectation on having a perfect solution at this point, instead of understanding that we have. We're, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be an integral. There, there's gonna be incremental steps. I don't know. I think the perfect solution to the battery problem has already been presented. In the movie called The Matrix. Ah, uh, yes, <laughs> of course, of course. I mean, I mean, Good movie. The whole movie was about turning the, the uh, a human being into a Duracell battery, right? <laughs> and that that basically solves all of these problems. So, so what you're saying is, and people are happy person, too. If a if a person, exactly. Well, no, yeah. no, let me just let me most just, people. Let me just make it clear. <laughs> I have no problem with people who, in fact, I consider myself a person who cares about the environment. But a person who I would consider a toxic environmentalist, uh, I should just call them copper tops from here on out you is, you is what I'm hearing. You have, no, you have no problem with shoving an ice pick into the back of your uh, uh, your brainstem? Well, yeah, right. L- l- let me just uh, propose this idea. Imagine the movie The Matrix, but without the uh, evil AI, but with the uh, turning humans into batteries thing. What if we are we became? What if we are ourselves became our own batteries for our own cars? Do we <laughs> do we get patent? Do we get patent leather? <laughs> so so we drive our cars during the day and then we, we park them in our garages at night and then we go to bed and we plug ourselves in. So in other words, we can like get in our car. Goodbye, honey. I'll see you after work. No, 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 no. Instead, we sleep eight hours a night, right? Right. So during those times, we, we, we plug charge, ourselves into we the matrix. We charge our car. Jack in. With our, Jack in. With our and we become batteries. And then in the morning, <laughs> hey, look, our car is charged. Also, I had some really weird dreams last night where I was flying and wearing a bunch of leather for some stupid reason. I taste, I taste, I taste metal. And yeah. then we get into our cars and, and go to our offices and do some bullshit. And then we come back and we repeat the process. What's wait, wrong with this wait, idea? Wait, 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 wait. What yes? if we're a stay-at-home dad? What do we do at that point? Oh. Well, you don't get to drive then, do you? No. No. Hmm. I mean, I guess in theory, you could just plug yourself into what the else? Matrix for no well, good reason. Should I reason? plug myself into my home? You, you, have to see, you have to see the Merovingian about uh, sending your children to, uh, to Zion, and then you can resume... Uh, Oh, do you remember? Then you can resume your job as a. uh, Do you remember in the Matrix Battery Revolutions? I think it was the third, the third movie. Yeah. Where Neo was stuck in that subway platform. Yeah, the the train man. You can be that guy. (laughs) (laughs) You can be the train man. No, he could be he could be Neo when he was like he he ran off screen screen left and he appeared again screen right. Right, yeah. had nowhere to go. You're, you're just generating power confu- for no. It was a confusing, <laughs> but also I one of my favorite parts of the movie was the uh, arguing between the the architect, the Merovingian, the Neo, the uh, see the Merovingian is the, the different the, power players, the power the, brokers in the Matrix. It, it, wait, the Merovingian wasn't that the French guy yes. that was in the restaurant yes. that that like made the woman yes with a really attractive yeah. uh, wife. Uh, gave, the, you know, he gave a woman a piece of cake, but it his, wasn't. Yeah, cake, his, but it wasn't. His, it wasn't. Well, it, it, I think it, his wife was played by Monica Bello or something, and uh, really, Monica, really beautiful. Monica Bellucci or yeah. something like yes, that. Yes, yeah, really. She was beautiful. in a latex dress. Really beautiful. Lady. Kiss me like you kiss <laughs> Trinity. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, he gave her cake, and it was like I'll have what she's having, yeah. kind of a moment. <laughs> it was a, it was like, I mean, oh, it, sort of a Harry Met Sally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that cake. He described how right. that cake. Uh, yes, made her feel, yeah. shall we say. Lots of ones and zeros going uh, around there. <laughs> now, it was like a programmer being able to program an orgasm, and that was it. Yeah. As a programmer myself, it's like the it's like the, 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 the goal of what I'm trying to achieve in life. Oh, you've done that many times, I'm sure. <laughs> no, not yet. No, 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 no. Still no, working on no, it. No, no, see, that's, that's when sex dolls become an actual thing is... So, so anyway, wait, well, hold on. So <laughs> in the Matrix, uh, hmm. I just uh, watched, I, I remind you, I just watched a series recently, which I think I mentioned on a recent uh, Right, podcast. so yeah, you Jesse, just rewatched it, didn't As somebody you? who's watched it the most recently, how many uh, uh, human beings uh, in, in the world of the Matrix would you describe as being sex dolls? Uh, I don't know. Like, how do, do you mean like... Well, the uh, Merovingian gave that orgasm cake right, to a, a, right, right. a woman, but uh, who like was plugged into the matrix. You mean like uh, how many? Uh, because are you talking about like humans that were like outside of the matrix, or humans that uh, were inside of a matrix? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, like uh, I don't know how to answer that question. Yeah, uh, you know what? That, I that's what, the best way to answer what? that question. I wouldn't because you could get yourself caught in a hashtag real there's, quick. There's a lot of like there's a lot of sexuality in the trilogy of movies of the Matrix. Hey, uh, did you guys know that they're f- currently filming the Matrix Four? Right yeah, now? I yeah, that's interesting. Along with uh, Bill and Ted's third movie, third. There's a lot fourth, of weird. Fourth, there's a lot of fourth, weird movies third, coming third. out uh, coming that's out right. this year. Bogus Journey was the second, and that was the last one. So you got Bill and Ted three. You got uh, Matrix Four, Matrix Four, and then you've got uh, John Wick Four. Maybe, maybe we should discuss the the range that uh, Keanu Reeves has as an actor. I mean, here's the thing: Keanu Reeves as an actor is one of those people that oh, doesn't that's have right. to have range. We already talked about this on a previous. Didn't we talk about Keanu Reeves Day coming up? Yes, that's right. Uh, in a previous podcast, like, I forgot about it, that. Is it later this year? No, or I think it's. I think it's in twenty twenty one. I think okay. it's in twenty twenty one. Wait, is Keanu Reeves Day the anniversary of something it's specific? The d- it's, mean, the, it's the because d- I think I think John Wick Four and Matrix Four are both scheduled to be released on the same day. And that is jo- and that is Keanu Reeves Day. I'd be more impressed if, in addition to what you just said, oh, okay, Bill Keanu- and Ted Three was also going well, to be released. Well, that's that's the same thing. Day. Keanu Reeves Day is May twenty first, twenty twenty one. It's Matrix Four and John Wick Four on the same day debut. So yeah, it would be more impressive if they did a third movie on that day. Bill and Ted Three. Um, let me find out if I can find out anything about bill and ted three correct me if i'm wrong but uh, keanu reeves is ted but bill s preston esquire is played by alex winters is that right i believe so he was in um uh the last no the what was that vampire movie uh the lost boys okay the lost boys uh i i saw a picture recently of them filming that and everybody uh commends keanu reeves uh, for basically being an ageless actor right but Alex Winters, not the oh, uh, not, so not Bill the and Ted. No, no, no. Kudos for Alex Winters because man, he's so he's keeping it together. They would have to shelve Bill and Ted's uh, Bill and Ted Three for about nine months to sync it up with the other two movies. It would be really great if they did, but there's no way they will because it would 
probably it perform. Tank. Yeah, it would tank against I mean, the others. There, actually, how many people do you think would go see all three movies on the same day? Right oh, here, I my mean, hand is in the air. Yeah. I mean, I'm raising a glass. Right I, now. I, I would go to all three movies dressed as one of the versions of Keanu Reeves. Yes. So that makes three of us. Ax- uh, absolutely, and 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 all on the same day. So back to back. So there absolutely. would be there would be a core audience that would see all the movies, but there would also be a huge drop off from other people just branching off. Like For the Bill and Ted, yes. I mean, I think a lot of people will probably see Matrix so and Officially, from what I can see, Bill and Ted Face the Music is August 22nd of this year. <gasps> Wait, this year? Okay. Yes. It comes Bir- out first? Birthday? Yes. Okay, Jamie? Hell yes. Birthday movie. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're 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 oh, committing okay. we're committing to this deal. I got it. You got it. I mean, well, here's a question. So, because because Jamie and I have our birthdays in August. So, well, here's a question that's well, uh, it's kind of unrelated to the whole birthday thing. But so Keanu Reeves, uh, my apologies to uh, Alex Winters, but Ke- Keanu Reeves is having three movies coming out in the next with within within well, a year, year from now. Yeah, uh, John Wick four, uh, The Matrix four, and Bill and Ted three. Which one of those do you think is going to be the, the most success uh, successful? Does any do any of us think it's going to be Bill and Ted three? No, no. I don't think so. I mean, I, I have to agree, but of the three, it, it honestly, could be a, it's a sleeper. Uh, of the three, yeah. that's the mo- that's the one I'm most excited to see. Yeah, it's but if sleeper, I had to pick, the, if I had to pick the three, one of the three that's going to be the most successful, it's going to be John Wick four. Mine would be The Matrix. Here's here's what I would say: of the three, the one that will be the longest remembered and the biggest cult classic definitely bill and, bill and ted, ted three face the music i think so too i mean the matrix four i have no idea i have done no research because i hate i, I don't like to research movies in advance of seeing them so i have no idea what's what what's currently slated for the matrix four or john wick four or bill and ted three but just just on the titles alone Bill and Ted Three is more interesting to me. Yeah, I mean that's more interesting to me just because it 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 touches that nostalgic side of me pretty hard. I mean, I I did think that Bill and Ted Two sort of wrapped things up, you know, with uh, them basically setting humanity on the course for uh, <laughs> eternal peace and marrying their princesses. Right, but also, um, I mean, uh. Oh shoot! How do they phrase it in the future of Bill and Ted? <laughs> oh, uh, well. Anyway, they. It's been so long. I don't remember. Bill and Ted Two: Bogus Journey. Um, I forget both. Okay, so who played um, who played the uh, time traveler from the future? Um, oh, George Carlin. George Carlin. Uh, yeah. What was his character's name? Ah. Uh. Wasn't it like Raphael something or something like that? Well, or Well, I guess it doesn't really matter. But uh, his character basically in Bill Ted 2, you know, went back specifically to uh, – he went back again to specifically get Bill and Ted to get on the right track for creating uh, uh, the perfect world or a world at peace or something like that. And they essentially did that in at the end of Bill and Ted Two. So I'm really curious where the where the story is going to go from there. Rufus. Rufus. <laughs> that's what. I, okay. That's the one. I wasn't too uh, far off then with Raphael, but yeah, Rufus. That's right. It's been a while since I've seen the movies. Yeah. To be honest, I will rewatch them soon. Uh, was it uh, Party On and be uh, be excellent to Party each on other. Dudes? Be excellent. Or, be excellent, uh, to, be each excellent other to each other and Party On yeah. Dudes. Right. Uh, yeah. That that that. Uh, those are great. 
movies. I, I just love when they go into the future and it's like three people that are governing the place and they're just constantly air guitaring and yeah. slow motion. Well, the end of Bill Death and also. Yeah, and Bill Ted, yeah, yeah. In, in Bill Ted Two, yeah. in Bogus Journey, they uh, they have to uh, compete against Death to get back to life to defeat their evil robots. But after they've done that, they then go into the future to take music lessons for the first time in their That's lives. That's right. With, with, they, with their girlfriends. And then they come back and like totally rock They come the back place. with like these Shred. huge beards uh, and, and, uh, and all of them know how to play instruments. God made rock and roll yeah. to you. Okay, so. Rock anywho. This, is, this has definitely been one of our uh, most aggressive and uh, like just freewheeling, freewheeling podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, did anybody want to talk about anything that was completely like that, stupid in the next few minutes? That's kind of where I was getting. Uh, oh, I just wanted to know. It, well, not necessarily stupid. I just want to know if there was anything you guys need to get off your chest or uh, say about uh, something that's happened recently or is going to happen in the near future or uh, anything at all going on with you. No, nothing that I can think of at this point. This may be a divisive topic, but personally, I'm glad that Valentine's Day is over. Oh, so divisive. <laughs> How dare I'm you. glad that Valentine's Day is over also, so I stand in unity with you, uh, James. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't know of anyone, even those that like have a relationship that which they celebrate Valentine's Day with, would afterwards not agree with the fact that they are happy that Valentine's Day is over. For, for the record, the reason I'm glad that Valentine's Day is over is because one of my primary uh, occupations is working at a florist and delivering flowers. That's uh, busy, very busy, very stressful, uh, but very uh, important time for us. So I'm just glad it's behind us. I'm just glad because there's expectations, not by my wife, but by other people that are put upon me concerning valentine's day and it's like eh. after 20 years anyway are you are you a part-time uh cupid like you you, you uh, go to the out to the mall and dress in the little cupid outfit with the sash and a diaper and and shoot the little bow and arrow uh at the no lovebirds no I'm not part time because that's that's what that sounds <laughs> that sounds full put, time. that sounds like what's been put upon you I'm is to uh, full time. He totally does that, but it has nothing to do with Valentine's Day. Exactly. <laughs> You've been practicing Jesse, your marksmanship, Jesse. I told you that's a fetish that stays between you and me. <laughs> what about you, Jamie? What's going on? Well, uh, I, I also really don't like Valentine's Day, mostly because it's the one day of the year that's the most not made for me. What about Galentine's Day? What the hell is that? The same thing, but that's for the girls. Day, that's uh, the day before. It's girls hanging out with girls, like yeah. just hanging out and chilling, like with their girlfriends. I propose not, not like romantically. Just that like, sounds like even more bullshit. It's I like self care. It's like it's yeah. like self care for with a special name. Right. I I propose that the day after, we do Palentine's Day. Mm. I think that mm. I think that uh, uh, what what I'm looking forward to next in terms of oh. in terms of quote unquote days is St. Patrick's Day. Uh, I think that's enough. Um, I don't enough. know. What, well, I don't know what you guys have in mind for St. Patrick's Day, uh, but one way or another, I'm drinking some stuff on St. Patrick's Day. Yes, I'll give you uh, two quick ones. What we didn't talk much about this beer. Did, don't what make did it you quick. Guys, what did you guys Let think? Let it last. <laughs> I'm down to my last sip of this beer. Uh, what did you guys think of this beer? Anybody have anything to say about this beer? I Again. like this beer. Uh, real quick, we're drinking 
a beer from the brewery. The brewery. I. It's called Bois. B O I S, which is French for wood. And I, it's, I it say, is fifteen percent ABV. I call it boys. B O I S boys. I I don't want to call it that because I don't want to drink a beer called boys. Let's just say this: I got wood. Bois, boys. You be the judge. It's uh, it it. The later that I've gotten into it, it's uh, it's tasting less uh, uh, all up in your face. Yeah. Well, it has like a. You described it as like a. I think I called it more of an umami. You, you called it like a soy sauce. Yeah. Uh, now that I've... Sometimes it takes a, pal- a while to adjust, like your taste buds, to sort of acclimate. And the last few tastes I've had have tasted more sweet than uh, salty. Or, yeah. Uh, it's an interesting thing. It's got a lot of uh, brandy barrel character. It's very dark. Uh, lots of brandy. It has a it has the exactly the mouthfeel that I like. Not too light and not too heavy of a mouthfeel yeah. for uh, for a high because it's a fifteen percent. So you expect you would almost expect it to have like a almost syrupy right. Uh, well, it is pretty thick. I mean, I I think it's pretty thick just because it's fifteen percent ABV. But it's not syrup like. It's not. Like it's it's not sickly sweet like like sugary sticky. It's not sticky. Right. It it tastes like a barrel aged beer. Yes. So we're we're tasting the brandy and what uh, whatever wood the barrel of brandy was made out of. Probably oak of some kind. I'm guessing that. Yes. Yeah. Chart usually it's charred oak, American oak, French oak, something like that. So what we're tasting is quality, not like just like sugar. Right. It's not something. I mean. It's not something that's that's that took the cheap or quick route towards achieving its flavor. Oh, this is a long aged in the barrel and in the bottle beer. Well, I believe this was this is one of bre- the the breweries, which is a which the brewery is the name of a, a of a brewery. Strangely enough, the brewery. Yeah. I believe it's their what I think it was their fifth anniversary. I'm going to say fifth anniversary. The, the brewery was founded in 2008. This beer was uh, bottled in 2013, and we're drinking it today it, in 2020. Yeah, we must have acquired it in 2018. At the last year? No, 2019. I think this one was from two years ago, wasn't it? I have no idea. Oh, maybe not. Well, we, no, we didn't go in 2018. We went oh, 2017 and 2019. That. Right, so three years ago then. Uh, I think that's it, when it came. It could be from three years ago. Uh, I think no I, I'm pretty sure I remember this one from the older. Okay, stash. so it was bottled uh, sometime around uh, 2017. It's been cellaring in Jamie's living room for the last two years. <laughs> yes, the ideal temperature for aging beer, <laughs> my living room. <laughs> so, uh, if I had a basement, I put it there. I don't have a basement. Pretty interesting beer. One of the more interesting beers we've had recently, uh, and we have a whole bunch more like similar beers to taste uh, in upcoming weeks. Yes, we do. And then we ha- then we face an interesting decision about whether we're going to the same event in 2020, but oh. that's a discussion for a later time, I think. Yeah. I'll I'll dis- we'll discuss that at a later time. Yeah. I I will be uh having some less interesting but still beer beers this coming Saturday at an event I'm attending. 
I've attended the past three years. This will be my fourth year consecutively attending the Oregon Hunters Association uh, annual uh, gala or banquet. Oh, yeah. You've told me about that several times. Is this going to be one of the years that you walk away with a gun of some sort? Possibly. Uh, I, I'm not a hunter, and uh, I attend this event with my father, my dad, who's uh, also, uh, throughout times in our lives, we've been hunters. It's in our family's history and background. But we attend it with friends who are more frequent and regular hunters. Uh, and, in fact, we've... I've I've enjoyed uh meats uh game that they've uh acquired through uh hunting. Uh some years I get bear meat, some years I get uh elk meat, uh bear meat I've used to make some pretty good s- stew. Uh elk meat is ground up and makes pretty good burgers. Um but the, what they do is the uh uh hunters uh association puts on a silent auction an auction occasion uh, a dinner uh, um, fundraising event to uh, raise money for uh, youth education hunter safety education uh, conservation anti-poaching and um, oh, uh, they work very closely hand in hand with the uh, state uh, fish and wildlife departments uh, which have very low funding from the state the actual state agency so a lot of private funds actually funnel into the state wildlife department to sort of fund conservation efforts seems like a worthy cause and uh yeah it's fun uh i have won a couple of firearms uh uh currently i don't have a safe way of uh storing them in the home so what i've done is uh have essentially cleared my background check and uh accepted delivery and then uh taken it off and sold it to a, a, a licensed dealer uh so i hope to win something more substantial this year there's some there's a lot of the prizes that are door prizes that i've won in the past are relatively inexpensive like a varmint rifle uh a twenty-two caliber rifle, right? You know, something you could go down to Walmart and purchase for one hundred ninety-nine dollars, right? Uh, they do have a lot of door prizes and raffle prizes and different prizes that go into the. You could get a really nice black powder rifle or a really nice shotgun or a very very nice uh, uh, nine millimeter or uh, forty-five uh, ACP. Uh, some some pieces worth or that would cost you over a thousand dollars to to go and purchase so uh i have no idea i i've put my i put my money into the raffle every single year and and not won anything substantial but there's a first year for everything and uh i'd love to win something that i could uh look at pridefully and yeah well, best of luck this year. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you win something. But mostly I'm going to take an Uber and drink about six Jack and Cokes and take another Uber. Seems like a... That's a worthy cause. Wait, <laughs> wait, was this this, that, that, this weekend? Yes, on Saturday. Oh, uh, okay. No, it'll come up on Saturday. So that's that. Uh, I guess that means we're not doing any Zwickle Mania things this Saturday. 
Uh, well, that was the statewide Zwickelmania, right? So. Yeah, I was gonna ask whether or not we wanted to do anything at like Hood River or something. Oh, that'd be fun, but I do I do work earlier in the day. True. Let me let me talk to my wife. You guys, you guys should. Zwickelmania is fun. We need to talk about it. We should talk about Zwickelmania next week. Josh, you ever been to Double Mountain Brewery in Hood River? Uh, no, I have not. Look, those of you listening, uh, look forward to <laughs> look forward to a talk. I can contribute. I will not be going, but I can contribute because I've been there several times. And uh, perhaps Jamie and Josh can contribute to a talk about Double Mountain and some other potentially other Hood River brewing establishments. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Maybe. Possible plans. All right. Well, any last words from anyone? Zwickle. I was just going to say that. (laughs) I bet you to it. (laughs) Say it again. All right. Zwickle. Mania. (laughs) One, two, three. Zwickle. Mania. Mania. Oh, that went well.